Hey everybody, how's it going out there? This is Rick Hughes, A&R for Crush Drums and Percussion, and you're listening to Signal to Noise. All right, how's it going everybody? Welcome to episode two of the Signal to Noise podcast. This episode, if you didn't guess by the intro, is going to be the drum episode. Today we are featuring an interview with um, Crush Drums, Artist and Relations uh, Manager, Mr. Rick Hughes. And we're also going to feature one of the Crush Drums um, endorsees, I guess that'd be the right term, Scott Coogan. We got a short interview with him as well. So this is really going to be all about drums, or mostly about drums this episode. Um, but before we get into those interviews, let's talk a little bit about what that first clip was. So the first clip you heard coming in, I'm sure you recognize it, was Moby Dick by Led Zeppelin. Um, one of my favorite, favorite Zeppelin tunes out there just because it's got such a great groove and it proves what uh, we're here to talk about today when we get into the drum interviews. And that is if your drummer sucks, the band sucks. If your drummer's great, the band's great. You know, Zeppelin great players all great players all in their own respect all bringing different things to the table but without the drummer to bring it all together and to glue things together and to hold it together night after night live well you just don't have much of anything and that's what we're going to celebrate tonight is the drummers so before we get into that let's talk a little bit about some product news because this is signal to noise and i am all about the gear so first up something i was super excited about um zoom released a new version of the H2. Now, if you're not familiar with the H2 handheld recorder, um, I have one. I've been using it for a couple years. Um, over at ironcityrocks.com, John and I used those to uh, do interviews at the Mayhem Festival, and most recently we did the interview with Scott Coogan. So it's been a great device, and the redesign on this looks great. They've upgraded the microphones. They've added more microphones. The display looks like it's bigger and easier to read, and they added a... Um, a little thumb wheel for uh, for adjusting your levels, which is nice because on the version I have, you pretty much have um, low, medium, and high. I think those are the only choices. Not going to say it doesn't work well, but you know, when you get into mobile recording, you would like those times to be able to tweak your recording levels. Um, the original H2 though really is a great mic. I love it. You know, I've done a lot of recording with it. Um, another one of my buddies. Um, Pittsburgh Comics. You can check him out on iTunes. He does his podcast, and he does it all with a Zoom H2 in his store, and a, him and a bunch of customers. They hang around, and they just talk about comics. So if you're into comics like I am, it's a great podcast to check out, and also a great opportunity to hear another example of the Zoom H2 in action. Another great product I've been dying to talk about for a while is the um, Samson Meteor Mic. So the Samson Meteor mic is actually the microphone I'm using to record the show on right now. Um, I saw an, a deal on it online one day, and I decided to jump on it because it looks great. It'll work with an iPad. Um, it's USB, and that's the main reason I got to use it on my iPad. I haven't used it yet on the iPad, but um, I've been using it to record these podcasts, and it's just a great tiny little mic, very portable, good sound. I've been very happy with it. Um, one of the things I like is the design of it. It looks like the the Elvis mic, if you're familiar with the Shore um, Elvis series, or like that old school looking Shore that you'll see like in the uh, photographs of the 50s, 60s, that sort of thing. It looks like a mini miniaturized version of that. So I always call it Little Elvis when I'm recording. 
And then last up, last up we have the Digitech IPB10 programmable pedal board. And here's the neat thing about the programmable pedal board. It's programmable, but really all they're selling you is the hardware, the brains, the guts, what's going to drive your sounds is actually all driven by an iPad. So you got a picture of this here. If you haven't seen it, um, head out to digitech.com. They've been showing it all over the place. Um, I want to say it retails for about two or 300 bucks. And then you have to put your iPad in on top of that. It seems like a great concept. Um, I bet you it sounds great because I know Digitech always makes a great product. Uh, they make a lot of great things out there, and I would really be interested to try one of these out. But i got to say, as a, um, as a former gigging musician, um, some of the gigs I played, I don't know if I would want something that expensive on the floor. Especially you know when you, when you and the audience, there's no stage, nothing separating you other than just air. I can't tell you how many times I've had stuff spilled on or near my gear. And man, I really don't know if I want my iPad to go down like that. <clears throat> Looks like an awesome product though. So I, I definitely am interested to check one out and get my hands on one. Maybe I can do that and maybe do an audio review here on one of these shows. <clears throat> But that wraps up the three pieces of gear I want to talk about. Three great new pieces of gear that's out there. Check those out. It's always fun to um, to find new pieces of gear. It's amazing how creative you can become sometimes with a new piece of gear. So now let's transition back into um, the drum episode here. So this whole episode came about thanks to uh, John over at Iron City Rocks. And while we're talking about John, I also want to thank John for extending um, extending the invitation to me and to Radioactive Metal and creating the Iron City Rocks family of podcasts. So um, you may have heard by now if you follow Iron City Rocks, but if you go to ironcityrocks.com, you can check out podcasts. You can see the other two podcasts. We're all kind of sister shows, I guess. Um but we're going to kind of fall under the same umbrella here, and we're all going to work together, so it's going to be a lot of fun. So hopefully you'll start to hear a lot more cross-collaboration between the shows. Um, but if you haven't heard Radioactive Metal, I've been listening to those guys before, um, I think even before I got on to um, Iron City Rocks, I was listening to those guys. Uh, Rock and Snowy, a great, great set of hosts, going to talk about metal, and it's going to be a lot of fun if you're into that sort of thing. Um, I am, I love metal. So it's a really, really fun show, and they do some great stuff. They do just absolutely some great stuff. One of my favorite episodes of theirs is still Cradle of Filth, um, and it's mostly because I hate Cradle of Filth. Well, I did hate Cradle of Filth. I had no desire to ever listen to anything Cradle of Filth, and i got to say, I almost skipped it. But again, I love what Rock and Snowy do, and they're always fun guys to listen to. So I checked out the episode, and now I'm a Cradle of Filth fan. Well, I don't know if I, a fan might be too strong a word, but I definitely appreciate it. I can listen to the music and definitely not turn it off, because I really came to appreciate it after that show. So um, they do a great job with what they do, and it's a blast. Um, if you've heard me talk about Iron City Rocks before, you already know about John and what he does. Um, John just runs a great show, covering everything that's coming in through Pittsburgh, making sure he takes good care of the local scene, showcasing the local talent that we have here in the Pittsburgh area. And I am proud to be a part of the Iron City Rocks family of podcasts. Um, but, so, this whole thing came about because John and I got to go hang out with Scott Coogan um, before the Lynch Mob show that came through in Pittsburgh. And Scott's showing off this new drum set he got. I've never heard of this brand before. They were called Crush. And they were one of the most gorgeous pieces of equipment I think I've seen. And when you think of drums, you don't normally think of beautiful, right? You, you think neat, they look cool, they'll do neat colors, they'll do some crazy stuff. 
but just the craftsmanship of these drums just struck me. It grabbed me. Everything just looked perfect. It looked picture perfect. It looked like when you see those ads, you see the ad, this picture perfect, and you see the product, and you're kind of disappointed. Not with these guys. These these drums are amazing, and they look just like they do on the site as they do in person. Um, absolutely beautiful. So John and I were kicking it around, and um, he's like, he says, would you want to talk to Crush Drums? I'm like, sure. Can we make this happen? So we were fortunate enough to be able to get a hold of uh, Rick Hughes. He's the artist relations guy for um, for Crush Drums, and he was willing to come on the show and talk to me about their product. And let me tell you what, like if you're a drummer um, looking for a great great set of drums that's going to give you customizability, be something different that's on the market and sound great, um, these are the drums I get. Because seeing them live, we got to sit through the uh, through the Lynch Mob sound check, and just, these drums just had such a beautiful sound. Like they rang, they had a great attack. Um, just I was so impressed. And I mean, think about it. how many times you go to a show and you hear the drums and they all sound the same. They hear the do 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 do. You know, all you know they hit the toms or hit the kick. It all sounds the same. They've EQ'd it out. Not with these drums. The, the, the beauty of the tone of the head and the shells working together comes through. This is the first time I think I've really, really heard a set of drums tuned up, playing well. And I mean, and when you hear what we talk about with Rick, you're going to hear why. But um, it's the first time I've, I've heard a set of drums that sounds like somebody's approach to an acoustic guitar, where they understand the relationship between the materials and what's causing the sound. You know, if you know anything about the acoustic guitars... The wood is where you get like that richness and the fullness of tone, but you also have to design the body well to project that sound. So there's a lot of things going in there. And when you hear about what Rick and I talk about with some of the design features on these drums, just the little little attention to detail they do, you're gonna understand why I'm so darn excited about these drums because they, they're just, they're an amazing product. So without any further ado, let's get into our interview with Rick Hughes. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to our show. On the phone with me, I have Rick Hughes, the Artist Relations Director for Crush Drums. Rick, how are you doing today? I'm doing really good. How are you guys doing? I, I appreciate being on. Oh, we're doing great. We're doing great. Well, Rick, we are here today to talk all about Crush Drums. This is a drum company I did not know existed, and I discovered recently, because we were at the Lynch Mob show here in Pittsburgh, and it's uh, Scott Coogan playing them, and he's like a kid in a candy store just showing off his brand-new beautiful <laughs> kit. Um, yeah. So I was wondering, let's start at the beginning. Why don't you tell us, when did tr- Crush tr- ha, let me try that again. When did Crush Drums start, and how did you guys come to be a company? Well, there are uh, four of us here that kind of uh, run Crush Drums, so to speak. I guess it, it kind of runs us more than anything, but... Um, we we actually, I guess concept-wise, it's probably a little more than a couple years old. As far as product actually hitting the market, um, we actually debuted at NAMM uh, last year was our debut. And uh, we've kind of, I guess now, probably, I don't know, six to eight months now, there have been actual kits that are hitting the market in the mainstream um, so really, I guess you could say probably a year and a half to two years. Um, the four main guys here, we, we were made up of another company that we worked for for a while. 
um, leaving them just kind of wanting to do our own ideas. We had just a lot that we wanted to be um, a little bit more hands-on with as far as designing products and being a little bit more original, which um, seemed to always be an issue at the uh, prior company. So now that we're here, that's kind of what we do with Crush. It's it's way more hands-on and it's, it's way more about uh, the product. And actually, between artists and the uh, customers that buy our product have been a really big part of helping us develop what we do. So we, we take a lot of pride in that. Wow. Okay. Well, I can't believe you guys are still that young and have the amazing product line that you have. I mean, you've, yeah, you've, it, you guys have really put a line into this. We have. You know, well, when we when we started over um, and started kind of going through uh, different choices, obviously, you know, working for another company prior to this, um, you, you always had ideas. So it was kind of easy once we uh, developed what we wanted to do here at Crush, once we really sat down and started looking at it, um, our CEO our, and uh, partner Terry um, you know, had a lot of ideas already in the bag. So it was easy to really start going out there and putting things down on paper and seeing how it's going to look. And then actually um, having such great relationships with factories um, they were willing to start building us product, and we were able to tweak it really fast and get what we needed in a pretty quick amount of time. We we honestly didn't think we were going to have this many lines out of the gate. We just thought we would have a few, and it just seemed like one kept spawning into another one, and how can we make it better, and how do we tweak it? And you know, So it was like something would come in here, and we would look at it and just try to make it better and different. And and um, so a lot of things that we're even seeing at NAM last year have been totally redesigned uh, for next year. Like you'll, you're going to see a, just a, a total different product um, as far as hardware and, and pieces and colors and shell design and everything. So we're really excited about that. that we're constantly evolving. Oh, that's phenomenal. Now, um, I believe that all of you guys are drummers, correct? Like everyone involved uh, in the company. You know what? Everybody here is drummers, except really me. And I, I know I'm the A&R guy. Um, I, uh, I, I'm not a drummer like the rest of the guys are drummers. I can play drums, but my, my main instrument is I play bass guitar. Um, and uh, Terry and I were in bands together for years. You know, he played drums, I played bass. Um, and I, I was given the opportunity to do A&R for drums. Drums, to me, it's such a center piece of the stage and I had such a passion and love for the design and the look and and how they were it was like it brought everything together and it was just um it was just like candy to me too you know it was like going out there and seeing these products and and being a part of it and uh you know and then you know the relationship side of things you know is kind of a no-brainer that was easy um so yeah for the most part you know I'm, I'm a bass player yeah I couldn't agree more about the centerpiece part I'm a bass player myself and so, um, you know, you're you're so right. Like, without a solid drummer with a solid sound, the band sucks. I don't care. What oh I yeah. Oh know, yeah, definitely. Without that solid drummer, the band's awful. You know. Mhm. Um, yeah. Getting ready for this interview, um, I was checking out the website and I asked a question about drummers because I saw, you know, your CEO Terry. I saw a picture of him just behind a kit, you know, hands up, just going at it. And that is not the typical CEO picture you see on a website. And I love that. That was great. You know, you know and, and, that, and that's something about us. We, we are so um, into what we do here. Um, you know, we, we tell people this all the time. It's, it's very family-oriented. We've all known each other for a really long time. So um, for us to come in here and to do this and to really love what we do 
has been great. It, it's just been tremendous. And, you know, everybody here in, you know, it's like, uh, you know, Terry, you know, he has a, a crush kit that he plays every weekend. And some guys here still gig. Um, our uh, COO, Gary and Graffia plays in a, a really big ACDC tribute band. And there's a crush kit on that stage all the time. And they play everywhere from, you know, Peru to, you know, I think they were like in Texas. And so they play everywhere. So um, everybody here is really proud of the product and, and puts it out there and, and puts it, you know, under ourselves to play and to and to be a part of. So, yeah, it, it's an excitement, but you're actually proud of the product that you've put out. And, you know, and that's going to go so far to really helping you guys grow as a company and grow even faster than you already have. Yeah, well, it's been it's been a great cr- uh, community uh, for us because the response has been tremendous. I mean, when we, when we came out of the gate um, – of course, we just thought, well, we'll do our own thing. You know, we'll um, we'll come up with some cool designs. We had some really unique ideas. Um, the Chameleon Kit was kind of our, our flagship, which is a, a drum set that has interchangeable colored lugs on it. And uh, we thought, you know, it's kind of unique. It's different. We'll put it out there. And uh, it, it took off. And, I mean, you know, we, we won uh, Best in Show for companies to watch at NAMM, our our Babinga kits took um, editor's pick in Drum Magazine for the gear guide of this year. And so all that stuff was very unexpected because we, that wasn't our goal. You know, it wasn't like we were going to do that and that was going to be our goal. Um, we just thought we'd do our thing and have a cool product out there and people would dig it. And next thing you know, you know, we're creeping up on, you know, 10,000 fans on Facebook, and which we're giving away a drum set, by the way, once we hit 10,000. Um, but... It's just been kind of crazy seeing that part of it just hit and the demand for the product to be out there. And it it has been a really good community of people to get behind us and support what we're doing. You know, I think there was a need for something different, you know, and, and that's what we bring to the table. I couldn't agree more. I mean, looking at the drum market, again, I'm a bass player. I own a really cheap kit, but... Looking at the cheap kit I bought versus the um, drum kits that I grew up with back when I was in high school jazz band, they didn't change much. When I saw Scott's kit at the Lynch Mom show, it was immediately struck me there was a difference. There was something different different about this. Yeah, that's um, you know, that was kind of our, our focus behind it. And even you know, like I said, you know, from Nam last year till now, seeing the um, the the whole evolution of even his drum set, you know, with a four point suspension mount and, and those just kind of cool things. You know, we want people to walk up and look at it and go, wow, it has a kind of vintage look, but it, you know, a classic look, but yet it's very modern, has a modern feel. Um, You know, everybody here is, is big fans of the, you know, old drum sets. I mean, it seems to be always the kits that are first choice when you go into a studio. They're looking for the old sound of that vintage. And we, we try to really carry that along with what we're doing. Um, but yet kind of give it a little bit of a, a modern spin. Um, I think we're accomplishing that. Uh, I, th- I think there's probably still a long ways to go. And with that leaves open many doors for different ideas. Um, that's one thing Terry's really good at is, is uh, taking those ideas and tweaking them and, and making them our own, you know. And I'm very excited to see some of those ideas develop. So let's talk about um, innovations, because you mentioned that earlier, you know, that you guys are bringing more innovations to the market. And to get ready for this interview, <clears throat> I, um, I talked to a couple of drummer buddies of mine. I said, hey, can you take a look at this website, toss out any questions that you guys think, think you'd like to see? And they come back to me, and they're, they're like salivating. They're like, 
did you see this? And they were rattling off all these things. I'm like, okay, translate that for me. I don't understand. But these guys were so excited. Like they had kind of heard of you, heard of you guys, didn't know much yet. And their, their, their eyes just lit up like a kid on Christmas as they're telling me all the great things about your drums. So oh, how about awesome. you tell us? Oh, yeah. I mean, they loved it. So how about you tell us a little bit more about what some of those innovations are and where we're going to get drummers excited? Well, you know, I, I think with us, you know, obviously um, it, it's the community. It, it's about people being involved in what we do. Um, you know, there are, there are little things. It, it's funny because there's so many small things that you can do that I think people overlook. And um, with us, it was them little small things that um, kind of get forgot about. You know, anymore, um, whether they're kids or, you know, young adults or whoever that are either starting to play drums for the first time or they're, they're an, a touring drummer, a lot of them aren't as hands-on with their product anymore uh, like they used to be. Um, and I think with some of the stuff we're doing, like the interchangeable lugs, you know, maybe a kid gets that kit and he doesn't really know how to tune it correctly, but yet he goes out and he plays every night and he puts it together and he sticks it on a stage and pretty much that's it. That's like, that's all he does with it. Then he gets this kit that he can actually change the lugs out. So now he can get his hands on it. He can customize it himself, kind of make him, you know, feel like he's a part of that kit now. Like, you know, he had something to do with the way that it looks and it makes him a little bit more excited, gets his hands in it. So, you know, we thought those little kind of things were very important. And, you know, doing the integrated memory locks that are around the floor tom leg brackets or the um or the uh the tom brackets um you know just extra sanding of the inside of the shells just little things like that waxing the barren edges um just things like that just really those little things like that make a now, really big waxing? difference and well that barren edge do well, what it does is it actually seals the edge, and it helps with the, the head seating on there. Um, you take a, a kit that doesn't have a waxed bearing edge to one that does, um, the, the tunability of the heads is much easier, and the sealing of the head around it, it seeds so much better with it waxed than it does not. So, um, and that's, and that's just one of those things that are right? kind of – what's that? I said that would improve tone too, right? Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Keep going on that. No, so, you know, those are just some of the little things that, you know, um, we do here that felt, you know, needed to be done and and that people needed to know that that's how we're doing it, that's how we treat it. And it doesn't matter, you know, I I have a, you know, a birch kit. Um, It's a wrapped, PVC wrapped. It's our chameleon birch and, and, um, you know, they're you know, $600 drum sets, but we take just as much pride in those kits as we do if you would have bought, say, one of our Babinga kits that's, you know, twice the amount. Um, we, we take the same pride in those as we do that, and I think that goes a long ways, too. I mean, I have artists out on the road right now, um, George A. Johnson, who plays with Seal, and he's playing on our Birch kits, you know, and, um, you know, I don't have to stick, you know, $2,000 drum sets under these guys because if it sounds good, it sounds good. You know, what, what did it matter other than that? Um, and, I, and I think that goes a long ways, and it, and it keeps you in touch with your fan base because now kids can go up and be like, dude, you're my favorite drummer. I really love you. I love your drums. And he can feel confident and go, well, you know what? You can afford these drums. You can buy these. You know, and a lot of times um, some of the uh, really expensive custom companies, you just can't do that. You know, you're spending $3,000 on a drum set, and, 
you know, and this economy is tough and most parents have a really hard time trying to justify that much money on a drum set. No, I really think you guys are on the right track there. I mean, you're making an affordable drum set. It sounds great, but these little differences you're talking about, and then adding that custom uh, the customizability of it, right there, that's you know that's telling me now why your community is growing. Because I, th- I think that something's always been kind of missing in the drums. You know, I mean, you know, being a bass player, I'm sure that you know you've seen as guitarists and bass players, we like to customize our instruments, you swap the pickups, you swap the bridges. That didn't right. exist for drummers. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You want to get your hands dirty and you want to, you want to be involved in it. And, uh, that's something that we've always felt very strong with. Um, and, and so far, I mean, when, when we started, you know, our ash kits, which have a satin finish on them, which are the chameleon ash, um, you know, we, we had a couple colors we thought, well, these are really cool. You know, how will they do? Cause we had no sales history at the time and we didn't know how they would take off. What would the response be? How would people really like them? And I think within a month, we were sold out completely of a full container of ash drums. And we were like, holy wow. cow, did it happen that fast? And we just, you know, we had no idea, you know. And, uh, and people really responded to it. They like them. They sound good. They they enjoy the look of them. Um, you walk up on a stage and there's no doubt. You don't sit there and go, well, is this a, or could this be a, you know, you look at it and you know that's a crush kit, you know. And uh, that that makes us very proud. Now, along with these traditional materials that we've been talking about, the bobinga, the birch, the ash, I noticed you guys are pushing the limits as far as doing fiberglass and carbon fiber and acrylic. How, how did those non-traditional materials come about to be part of your repertoire here? Um, you know, I, I think once again, it's just kind of putting yourself out there and, and being different. We, we never went into this company thinking we're here to stuff our pockets full of money. Um, if that was the case, you know, I don't think any of us would be here right now. And, um, you know, we, we came into this feeling like, you know, let's, let's be different. Let's be unique. Um, let's be creative. And how do we do that? And that's by putting things out there that I think people are kind of familiar with, but don't really see it and haven't put their hands on it. So when we went to NAM, uh, we decided, wow, you know, these carbon fiber snares sound unbelievable. They, they got a great look to them and they, they sound incredible. And, you know, they're a little bit more expensive, but, you know, with snares, it's such an accessory item anymore. You know, like with drummers, um, they have 10 or 15 snares of different brands, you know, different sounds that they like for different songs, kind of like a, a guitarist grabbing a different guitar for a different tuning. Um, so we decided, well, let's, you know, let's throw a kit together and see how the kit was. And we, you know, we showed the carbon fiber kit and, uh, it, you know, it sounded incredible. It kind of blew our minds. We, uh, we also, you know, uh, did the same thing with the fiberglass, um, thought beforehand, you know, cool snares, really cool accessory. What would it sound like as a kit? So we, we had them built and we did them and the response was pretty great. We've had quite a few people re- you know, regardless of how much these things cost, because they are a little bit more expensive because of the material, have wanted them, um, which is really cool. Um, acrylic, we've been uh, we've been tweaking. We we wanted to find a really good company to make seamless shell acrylics, um, and we have found one. Uh, the great thing about it is we're going to be able to offer acrylic kits, you know, uh, five piece kits for under a thousand dollars, which is wow. tremendous in this market because um, acrylic kits are very expensive. Um, oh, yeah. We've done some things to keep costs down on it. 
without losing the um, integrity of the kit and the uh, shell structure and quality, which has been really good for us. We're very excited about that that kit coming out. Yeah, and, and they're just gorgeous. I mean, that, you know, we've talked about how distinctive the kits are and the different materials, but they just look beautiful. Like, can we talk a minute for about Scott Coogan's set? Because his set, sure. I, I, I walked up and I saw it. It's like it catches your eye right off the bat, so you're trying to figure out what it is. The hardware you guys use just to attach the uh, the lugs and everything mm-hmm. blew my mind. Tell us about his kit. Like, what kind of kit is it? What kind of hoops? Because it, it's just beautiful. Well, he's got. The thing is, he you know a lot of a lot of the rock drummers they they like the bigger sizes. Um, so one thing, you know, we wanted to offer was bigger sizes and, um, but sometimes, sometimes with the bigger sizes, you, you compromise sound a little bit. So, um, we, we went back a little bit more traditional. Um, he had a 24 inch bass drum that was 18 inches deep. Um, he did a 13 inch rack tom and then a 16 and an 18 floor. And that's all maple, um, with, you know, triple sanding of the shells, the wax bearing edges, it has the whole deal on there, four point suspension, and his, his rims are all triple flange rims, um, compared to like a die cast, uh, get a little bit mean, more, um, a triple flange, you know, you're going to get arguments from everybody, um, triple flange is a little more open, um, there's a little bit more sustain on it to where a die cast has got a lot more attack, um, you know, we, we went with triple flange, um, we like the sound of them. Um, we think it opens the toms up a lot more and uh, lets it resonate uh, a lot more. And especially with that four-point suspension mount, that helps tremendously because um, it kind of just floats there. There's really no pulling on any lugs or any tension rods or anything like that. So uh, he, he got that kit, and he got a uh, – the snare was a 14-inch. It was uh, 7 inches deep and just big, boxy, and full kind of his sound. Because, he, you know, he also does double duty with Ace Freely. Um, the color choice was because that's kind of Ace's colors. He's always had these, like, blue lightning bolts and things like that and felt like yeah. the color would match them to a T. So um, they were actually coming through town – Lynch Mob was in. We're out of uh, Tampa, Florida. So they were coming through town and, you know, the whole guys came over, George and all of them came to the shop and we had his drums ready, sitting for him, had it on the truck and he was playing it that night. Yeah, and, and he was so excited. Cause, I mean, again, when, by the time he gets to Pittsburgh with him, he's telling us, he's like, I just got these drums. They're beautiful. You know, and then everything you were saying about, like, the, the suspension, the attack, I 100% agree that it's a clearer attack, it's a better sustain, because, I mean, we're just listening to sound check, and you know how sound check goes, you know, it can be oh, yeah. and oh, yeah. those drums just shine through. Wow, I mean, thank you. Oh, they look great, they sound beautiful, I, I could not believe. Like, that's what, good to what know, that's what, we like, that's what we like to hear, because we never, you know, we'll give a... a an artist, uh, you know, he'll get his kit and he'll go out on the road, and but you don't hear from a whole lot of other people. Um, the cool thing about this company, we've had a lot of people on Facebook or whatever send us, you know, messages. Hey, I'm out with you know whoever, and I see your kit on the stage, and it sounds great. We love to hear that. Um, you know, guys are really prideful in their in their stuff, and they're they're keeping them tweaked and cleaned, and and you know, it's like uh, kind of like you're when you're a kid, you know, and you get a new pair of shoes, and you're coming home, and you're taking the Windex and the rag, and you're cleaning the dirt off of them, you know. And uh, yeah. a lot of our drummers do the same thing with their kits; they're so prideful on them, and uh, it's nice. It just shows a lot of respect, 
you know, and uh, so that's that's appreciative to hear that for sure. Yeah, they're they're just beautiful. Hey, Rick, um, we mentioned Facebook a couple times. How about you tell um, the audience here where they can find your stuff, like online, like Twitter, Facebook, whatever you guys got hooked up. Sure, sure. Um, Twitter is uh, crush at Crush Drums. Um, really simple. Um, if you want to go to our website, it's www.crushdrum.com. Um, there's some you know cool videos and things up there like that. We have a great introduction video by one of our artists named Matt Brown, who plays with Ten Years. Um, talks about the uh, Ash Kits. Um, you know, Facebook page. You know, just uh, go onto Facebook and actually just type in Crush Drums and you'll find our, our link on there. It's uh, pretty accessible on there as well. Excellent. I can bet I will be following you guys on Twitter within the hour. Oh, great, man. I'll follow you right back for sure. That would be awesome. Well, hey, Rick, um, thank you again for coming on the show today. I really appreciate it. I don't want to take any, up any more of your time, and um, you have a wonderful day. Thanks. Man, hey, listen, I appreciate what you guys are doing. Thanks so much for letting me on. By the way, go Steelers. I'm a huge Steeler fan. Um <laughs> So uh, I, I get knocked for that all the time living in Tampa. They're always like, dude, why do you got Steelers stuff all in your office? And uh, But, you know, growing up as a kid in the uh, early 70s, that's that's pushed in your face quite a bit, so it just stuck. Um, so I appreciate being on and uh, what you guys do. And thanks so much for the interview with Scott Coogan. You, you guys did a great job. And we're back. So that was my interview with... Um, Rick Hughes of Crush Drums. Again, thanks to Rick for coming on the show. It was great to talk to him. Great to hear all about the drums and just to hear something fresh in the drum community. Um, like we talked about in the interview, you know, I've, um, heck, I've been playing bass over 20 some years. And in that time, I've seen a lot of drum sets and they all look the same. You know, from the old set that was in my high school that was from the 50s or 60s to the set that I bought in the late 90s, oh heck, early 2000s, um, they've all been kind of the same. There hasn't been a lot of breakthroughs. And when you see these crushed drums, well, there's something unique. They're, they're a unique, fresh voice in the market. They look different. They sound great. Um, and it's just a whole new approach. All right, so let's get into our interview with Scott Coogan. Uh, John and I had the opportunity to sit down with Scott again at the Elzer Bar here in Pittsburgh, and um, he was just a fun, fun guy to hang out with. I mean, you're going to hear in the interview, he's a great guy. He's a heck of a drummer. He has an amazing resume. I mean, Scott seems to be the go-to drummer um, for a lot of people. Right now, he's pulling duty with uh, Lynch Mob and Ace Freely. Um and it's funny how many times I see him listed as a touring drummer because, um, you know, just because, again, his ability to fill in really quickly and to keep it together night after night. It takes something special to be able to do that, to keep a tour together the way that he does. You know, when when we get to hear the sound check um, with Lynch Mob, I can't remember how many nights he said they had played in a row, but it was a lot of nights, no breaks at all in between. And, man, he sounded just as fresh then as you would have thought he would have sounded at the beginning of the tour. So it takes a lot to to be that professional, you know, and you're going to hear a lot of that with Scott and also when you listen to Scott's drumming. So let's get into our interview here with Scott Coogan. Cool. All right, folks, it's Aaron and John, and we're hanging out with Scott from Lynch Mob. How you doing, Scott? I'm good, John. How are you? Wonderful. How wonderful. You? How's the tour going thus far? It's great. Um, we um, have... 
singer filling in for Oni that's doing very well, um, Chaz West, who I, I know from Los Angeles. Um, uh, he does a, he was in Bonham and he does a Zeppelin, the Zeppelin thing, the Robert Plant thing very well. But he's been filling in for Oni, it's been going very well. Um, I don't really want to get into the whole Oni thing. Maybe yeah, gonna... certainly understand. Yeah, <laughs> but um, but it's going very well, and um, we're all getting along and having a great time. We always get along. We, you know, we. It's very relaxed. It's very, um, you know, we talk during between the songs. We talk and we joke with each other and stuff. So you kind of get a vibe of um, of how we are personally. You know, because we're we're kind of nervous about not having Oni, but sure. at the same time, so we're just kind of relaxing into it and. Just having a good time, so it's been really fun. The turnouts have been really good too. So yeah, I it's think a lot really of people are, are anxious to mm -hmm. see you guys. Yeah, um, you are still doing duty with Ace on the road as yes. well. Yes, so you're kind of weaving two different tours almost. That's right. Like. Well, there, I just have a few flyout things with Ace, a few weekends. Um, you know, um, we're doing Montana, a festival in Montana this weekend coming up, and then we have um, August twenty fifth. Um, I'm flying out. This, the Lynch Rock tour will be over by then, I believe. Okay. But um, I'm not gonna be able to do. I think they're going to be in LA actually, so I can't do the LA shows, like you know, local things. Sure. Um, but um, I'm gonna be going to um, Detroit to open up for um, Alice Cooper wow. with Ace. So when we've played with Ace, uh, we played with Alice before um, um, on Halloween. What was it two years ago at the Nokia in LA, Whoa. where the three band members wore Ace makeup and Ace did it. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty cool, and um, it was a big show. A lot of a lot of my friends, local guys, you know, I see over the years have been like, "Oh, I saw your show open up for Alice. It was great." So yeah, it was a lot of fun. So uh, yeah, I'm just kind of ducking out and doing some things. They have guys subbing for me with Lynch Mob on those because uh, there are a few dates. There's a date opening up for Mr. Big with Lynch Mob opening up for Mr. Big that somebody's gonna do. I think they're kind of getting local guys, mm -hmm. you know, to do it. Robbie knows everybody and their yeah. brother, so. Robbie um, seems to have that kind of personality. He does, yeah, yeah. Um, you have a new uh, kid out on the road. I do, I do. That? I've just recently been endorsed by um, Crush Drums, C R U S U C R U S H. Um, there are two friends of mine that um, were working at D Drum and um, moved uh, uh, from D Drum and started a new drum company called Crush. And I just got my, I call them my baby blues. <laughs> And um, it's a Blue Sparkle, beautiful drum kit. Um, um, I, they're out of Tampa, so we were just in Florida with Lynch Mob, and um, I was able to see Rick and, um, and uh, pick up my drums. So I've been, just been playing. This will be my fourth night playing them. So, okay. yeah. It's a little warm down here, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> well, <it's a> little, <laughs> we're down in the dressing room at the uh, Altar Bar in Pittsburgh. Yeah. So try, trying to get the interview in between bands. Yeah, we're trying to get the noise down. Um, <laughs> Now the drums themselves, um, are these available to public yet, or are these? Um, you know what? I was asking Rick about that. Um, he has some. I know musicians' friends has just picked them up, um, and some some other stores. Um, hopefully, I want to see them. You know, getting into Guitar Center and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I know they will. It's just a matter of time. They're a brand new company. Sure. They just they really rushed to get into Nam last year, and they got best new company okay. uh, at Nam, which was pretty cool. Okay. So. Um, yeah, so they're they're great guys, great drums, and it's nice to be a part of the family. So I'm very uh, very proud, very honored. The shells are absolutely gorgeous Aren't they? on this kit. Yeah. So can you tell us a little bit about like the wood, the construction? Like, they're American they maple. Okay. And um, they're um, pretty big. Oh, the band just started. <laughs> um, and um, I actually had this kit made to use with Ace. It's, that's why it has the blue yeah. color to to match Ace. But um, 
they're all, all maple drums. Um, I'm going to be getting a, a new snare drum soon, a, a metal snare, um, which I like to use live, but this snare sounds great. Um, and I have a 13, 16, 18, and 24. And um, I also endorse their hardware as well. So yeah, I saw uh, you're checking out the hardware, yeah. the double brace stuff. Yeah, it's amazing. And that's that, that's not their top of the line yet either. So they're still, like wow. I said, they're brand new and they're working on stuff. And so they threw a bunch of hardware at me and said, try it and see whatever breaks, let us know and try to perfect it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And so far everything's been great. So. Excellent. Mm -hmm. So you have, what but they are beautiful. It's beautiful oh goodness, wood. Yeah, really nice. And, and they sound amazing too. Like a sound check that we caught. Yep. Man. Yep. They just, they've got like the right amount of punch, yeah, attack, oh, yeah, yeah, warm but with attack, and yeah, they're great. Yep, very happy, very happy that it, that it worked out to, to be able to be in Tampa and, and, to, and to see the warehouse and stuff. Because last time I was out here with Ace, we played it opening um, after the Tampa Bay Lightning game, um, and Rick came out. That was when I first met Rick from Crush. Okay. Uh, that's not true, I met him when he was with D Drum, but first time we actually got to know each other, we spent two days together, really, and um. Because uh, we came in for a rehearsal before that um, to Tampa, and um, but this time I got to see the warehouse and stuff like that, and, and actually steal some drums from him. <laughs> My baby blues, right? Two, you know what we say? We say two and a half years in the making because yeah. <laughs> you know we we've I've known Rick for for two and a half years, and he's want, wanted to get me on board for so long, and and I wanted to as well, but they were in the middle of shifting over from D drum to Crush, so. Yeah. Yeah, so two and a half years in the making, we finally did it. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, you've got what about three weeks left on this tour? No. Nope. Um, oh, maybe. I don't know. What's the date? <laughs> Today's the ninth. Yeah, right? maybe two weeks. Okay. Two weeks. Yeah. So you've so. got a really tight schedule. I do, and we've been playing every single night. This is our ninth show in a row, and we have eleven. We have two more. Actually, tomorrow in Akron, I think there's something, it's kind of a jam thing. I know Ripper okay. Owens is coming out. Oh, excellent. Nice. You're playing at uh, Ripper's Restaurant, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know. What is that? He's got, uh, and I apologize for all of you fans out there in Ohio. Well, that's your own fault, but uh, <laughs> the, the Ripper has a, um, I think it's like a brew pub or something like that. I yeah, I don't know if I've ever seen it. He's from Akron originally. That's right. So, um, but he's going to come out and jam with us, oh, and um, awesome. hopefully Chaz won't try to come out and... Um, and upstage him and um, and, and <laughs> take a break that night because <laughs> try it out, I mean that in the nicest way but um, because he um, you know it's, it's hard I don't know how Chad's doing it singing every night it's, I'm a horse right now you can hear because I lead sing I lead sing uh, Let the Music Be Your Master off of um, um, Smoke and Mirrors okay. and we do we extend the whole middle and we have a long jam it's really cool um, George does his thing you know and we break it up, you know, break it down, and build it up, and it's a lot of fun. But I mean, I'm hoarse from singing you know, harmonies and sure. you know nine nights in a row, and you know Chaz is singing full blast every night. I don't know how he does it, but he's he's you know he's uh, conditioned to yeah. do that, you know. So, yeah. but yeah, um, trying to sing Heaven Comes Down every night. That's the yeah, right, right. Yeah, okay. we do we do a lot of docking tunes too. We do um, as well as Lynch Mob. It's probably like 40 percent dock and sixty Lynch Mob. So. Okay. Well, I don't want to keep it any longer. I know okay. Get some I'm gonna go get a nap and right. um, and then come back and rock. So. All right. Kick our ass. Thank you, All John. Right. All right. Thank Good you see so you. Much. Okay. Thanks, John. Thank you. Okay.
And I am back once again, and that was our interview with Scott. Again, I want to thank um, John over at IronCityRocks.com for helping to make um, all these interviews happen, and also for inviting me to be a part of his podcast family. Uh, Since John is one who got me started in this lovely world of podcasting, it's really nice to be a part of this family um, and just, you know, have all the collaborative power and the creative power uh, with with this, this whole team. So... Um, if you want more on different shows, gear reviews, what have you, I am trying to keep the blog uh, nice and fresh and get some articles up from time to time. And um, that is signaltonoise.fm. That is my main site. I just recently reviewed uh, Dave Mustaine's book. Um, I got to see Megadeth for the first time ever back towards the end of July. I think it was, the, yeah, right around the end of July. Um, Absolutely amazing. So worth the wait. And not only did I get to see it, um, we got to, John and I got to go actually into the photo pit and shoot pictures of the band while they were playing. So not only did I see Megadeth for the first time, the very first time I saw them, I was like 10 feet from them. So it doesn't get much better than that. And my obsession led to me reading Dave's book, um, Mustaine, I think it's a heavy metal memoir. Is that what it's called? But um, great, great book. Definitely, definitely worth reading. Um, probably the fastest I've ever read a nonfiction book in my life. It kept me glued to the pages. It was a really, really hard book to put down because it was just so captivating with the stories and everything that was going on in Dave's life. He's an amazing man. He's had a hard life. And he has certainly earned uh, everything that he's gotten. But um, enough of that. Thanks, everybody, for tuning into the show. I'm having a great time doing it. Hopefully you're enjoying listening, and we'll see you next time.